Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello. Welcome to Winners Find a Way show with Trent Clark. I am your host and super excited to have you here today. I've got a, we've had all sorts of technical challenges to get me and Mike going today, but I'm super pumped up to have Mike Kading, the CEO of Norhart on our show today. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm jangled, but I'm good. It's been an interesting day at Michigan where we've lost power. We've had just, it's issue after issue. And so, but thrilled to be sitting down with you for a minute and talking about winners find a way. And for those who are joining us for the first time, if you've never tuned into the show, I, as your host, am a three-time World Series coach and CEO of two brands of leadershipity and athletic influencer marketing. My guests talk about their challenges as they've built their brands and built their organizations up and how they face those challenges and how they found a way to win. So let's talk dive into your life a little bit, Mike, and a little bit of Norhart, which is a real estate firm. Is that right? That's right. We design, build, and rent apartments, but really focused on driving down the cost of housing. Imagine someday if your rent could be half, if your mortgage payment could be half, and that's what we're shooting to do. Yeah, I think it's a really unique, holistic approach that you've taken. And by the way, your whole vibe says tech to me. You look like you're the technical genius. And by the way, I think there's some merit to this because your background is computer science, accounting, engineering. I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, it was very passionate going off to college to learn more about computer science, mathematics, management, and other things. And I knew I always wanted to make some kind of impact in the world. And so I thought originally that would be related to virtual reality and special effects and movies and that sort of thing. And so that's what drew me into that space at the University of Minnesota. It's not too late. You know, you. I'm, I'm sure down the road, we're going to have this big effect of like how we change and watch movies. But first, what you're going to do is you're going to make a f- housing affordable in a very different way. Um, mm. This is not a government program, affordable yeah. housing. This is a holistic approach to bringing in from site selection to materials to a very key element of people that you've brought into this that are really game changing. So. Talk us through that about your vision on this, Mike. Yeah. You know, when you look at construction over the past 60 years, you haven't really seen much improvement. It's only been about 10%. But when you look at other industries like manufacturing, they've seen improvement of 760%. For agriculture, it was 1,500%. Like, what are we doing? This is crazy. Why is this industry so stuck in its ways? Well, it turns out there's a lot of reasons. But fundamentally, we're just looking at other industries like manufacturing and agriculture, applying those techniques into construction to drive down the cost 
of housing. Yes. I mean, if we were okay with the level of improvement in construction and tech, we would still be carrying around $15,000 giant brick cell phones, right? Yeah. We just aren't okay with that. We're Why talking we like this, that? right? That, that cell phone, you know, like I had one of those, like I remember back in my first years in baseball, like they had the brick phone. Remember yes. those? Yeah, exactly. Like why are we okay with that in our market? And if you look over the past few decades, the cost of housing is rising faster than even our incomes. And so when I look at the kind of impact we can have in the world, driving down that cost in a meaningful way, hopefully positively impact all of our lives. And that's our dream. Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk about it, Mike, because, you know, I can... Uh, I used to own a shipping business, Chicago Maritime Asset Management, and we did a lot of shipping contract work and a lot of management of vessels. And man, there was this there was this massive shift in the industry as you saw technology come in. I mean, I mean, literally, right? Like twenty five hundred, three thousand year old business of like shipping. And you know, you read even in, biblically, you read people taking sound. Bible of like what's our depth, right? And they're and they're free. and now here you go, twenty five hundred, and we have GPS, satellite phone systems. I mean, all these components now have been brought into the vessels, which you know was a blessing and a curse. There's all these values of it. Of course, it changed everything for the workers who all of a sudden had to have some technical savvy, and it also changed the time on the vessel. Of hey, I could go to my bunk. And watch my iPad and you know, catch up on my shows. And I mean, you can imagine life on a vessel out in the middle of nowhere, you know, 50 years ago. This was not technically driven very well, except by, you know, some navigation tools. So that was about it, right? Mm, I love that example because it shows how just applying those techniques to that ancient industry radically improved all of our lives, right? Because now you have all this international trade that can happen to improve what we're what we all experience. But I don't know if it always improved the the social lives of the people on the vessels. Yeah, I can remember being in this pretty early when vessels used to go up what we call brown water through the river system, which you're a part of. You're at the end of that, right? In Minnesota, yeah. the, yep. the the mighty Mississippi, and which really originates in your town, really. I mean, that's kind of how the Mississippi goes. Yeah. And you know, you have these towns like Memphis. Well, these navigators were just amazing with these these barge vessels and they would just pop those right up on the shoreline and everyone hops off up into town and hey let's go get some barbecue in memphis and hear some music you know and maybe we'll meet some people right man now that vessel stops the client's calling what's happening to my product why is it slowed mm-hmm. we're expecting a an eta of you know 41 hours and 12 minutes from now why would that change? And so, you know, all of a sudden, there was no autonomy. Everyone's very watched very closely, if that's fair. Oh, sure. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So now you you go to this. Your family has been in this real estate business, multifamily housing, and you're going to go to universities to study computer engineering, accounting. I mean, what was the, you're a math guy. And talk to me, what was the family? They were like, oh, yeah, go for it, Mike. It's going to be awesome. Or were they like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> we need you to understand real estate. Yeah. You know, my parents started this it was a very small family business and grew it over time. And so I remember growing up with it where family outings were like us running off to the hardware store half an hour away, filling up eight shopping carts full of building materials, putting it on my dad's little trailer, stacking it to the, the sky as we're like cruising down the highway. So I lived it very much growing up. But 
I went off to college, wanted to do my own thing. And my dad really wanted me to join the business, but I struggled with that ultimately because I didn't want people to think it was given to me. Right. Mm. So I had to wrestle through my own ego in that regard. But once I got past that, I realized deep down, I wanted to have some kind of meaningful, positive impact on the world. And I said, why not take this opportunity, the small business at the time and grow to something that could actually have that kind of impact. So we jumped into it. My dad and I worked on it for a while together. And then it wasn't long after my dad, he passed away. Mm. And that was a tough experience because one day he was basically here. The next day he wasn't. Mm. And sudden, yeah. And, and I, and if I'm very honest, I didn't really know what I was doing in this space. But looking back at it, that was almost sort of the magic because we could start asking questions. We started, we didn't know the way things were supposed to be done. And so we started like, why are we doing it this way? Should we change it to that way? I had no one to tell me no. Mm. And so we then started down this journey of changing the way construction is done. And we were given that freedom and curiosity and ability to do so. Now it's a rocky road for sure, but that's that's how things started. Yeah, I love that. I love that, like the, the freedom in that, right? The, the self-described, we started asking questions and we we knew we didn't have the buck stops with the honcho, right? Like we don't, we don't have the answers anymore. And you're still a guy who's learning the business, even though you've been around it your whole life, you know, you're coming out of school with a pretty good focus on mathematics and but where do you think that exploration value came for you? I mean, was that something you learned at school or has this always been a, hey, you were, you were a lover of Curious George and you just rolled with it? You know, I've always been a very like curious person. I've always loved to learn. That's why I had so many things I was doing in college. But I, there, was, there was also points in the business that kind of forced us to learn. I remember early on, we were building an apartment building and the plumbing contractor came to us and said, Mike we're going to triple your bid for the next project. Same size, same basic building, tripling the price of that. Like I just can't afford it. And so we reached out to other plumbers. No one was interested and they're all very expensive. So we said, well, can, can we learn how to do this? <laughs> and we were kind of forced into it. So we bought a bunch of books, started studying how to do plumbing. We were able to find a subcontractor that was willing to kind of partner with us to help us learn. Now it was a disaster originally because we really didn't know what we were doing. But diving into that and getting our feet dirty and just learning and pressing through all of that got us to a much better spot later on. Mm, that's powerful. Mm. Yeah, I think that a lot of folks have that forced exploration, whether you know whether you want it or not. Right? I, I recall one time in my business where I was just you know learning QuickBooks. I'm not an accountant. My father was, but now I'm in this bookkeeper mode and I've got to do all this programming and balancing everything. And man, I, I spent countless hours on it till finally I got wise and, and hired someone in who was really an expert. And, you know, the lesson was huge for me because oh I used to spend 9.30 at night after I put my kids to sleep till 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, get up at 5.30, get going and build the business the next day. And this was a regular five, six day thing. And I was losing time with family, fatigue. I solved it all for less than $100 a month by hiring wow. a bookkeeper, right? And yeah. But the value was because I did that, there was never anything my bookkeeper surprised me with. I knew all the things that she knew now, at least the language, but I was now getting it from a perspective of 
hey, I've noticed, and she can do it just so much more efficiently than I could. And what a great lesson that was. And and, and really it was forced to like, wow, I'd like to stay married, so I should hire this bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of experiences like that as well. I remember early on, we would hire on temp workers and that created this terrible, it just, we weren't functioning well. And there was someone much smarter came to me and said, Mike, you idiot. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you need to think about this differently. And he really shifted our view to focusing on hiring the world's best people. And so we started doing that. We started fighting to find the very best people in the world to the point now that we fly people in from other states into Minnesota to work every week. Where we have an international staff all across the globe that work with us now. And what, what that opened up, what I found is that the best people solve problems that open doors that you didn't know could be opened. Yes. And we also found that the best people outperform average people by two, three, five, even 10 times as much. And so having that caliber of team behind you, it just opens the world up. And that's been probably the most important lesson that we've learned. Yeah, what a valuable lesson, Mike. I mean, when we talk about winners find a way, that that was built on the premise that it was a quote from a book in the Four Disciplines of Execution. It says, winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. And I do this bit for my LinkedIn and my YouTube channel called The Best in the World. And we talk about what the best in the world do. The best in the world have things that others... And people are always astounded. And you're in the hockey state. So when you meet someone who's a really high-level high school Minnesota hockey player and and then they go on to maybe even a, a minor league career and you think, wow, this player looks like Gretzky to me. And then you realize that they can't compete with that next level up. Like it, it's a whole nother level of people that are literally two, three X better than they are. And you're like going, wow, if I take the best in the world to the average, it is like eight, 10 X. Because they're so highly skilled. So you've carved your ability. And this is part of Mike's holistic approach, right? He's carved his ability to create this value by bringing the best of the world who, when you have the best in the world around you, they create that same X amount of value, right? So it's like, oh, we're getting X amount ROI on these folks too. We're paying them handsome, but they bring a return of 10, 20 50x to what I have to pay them. Yeah, people think that the best people are expensive. And if you look at the budget, yes, they are per person. But when you look at it compared to what they're producing, they're actually the most inexpensive people that you can hire. It's a absolutely no-brainer. I can't believe more business owners don't really understand that principle. Well, it's a big investment. It's the big investment. If you don't have that proof that they're going to do that, then you're not sure. And one of the things we used to do in my EO forum years ago was we had a a measurement, a KPI in our businesses of revenue per employee, right? And I remember I was so enamored by one of my fellow folks in in EO who had a $16 million revenue company with eight employees. Wow. And I'm like, what? $2 million in revenue per employee? Like, who are these people? Like, I got to meet these eight people, you know, like it was just such a staggering statistic to me. And so like you're saying like, hey, listen, I could hire the average and I could pay them $100,000 in the hopes that I could get $200,000 of value per employee. But all of a sudden I hire the best in the world and I've got 10 employees pumping out, you know, five, 500,000 or a million dollars per employee. It's no joke on the returns on that. There's a lot of margin in that game. 
Absolutely. And I've seen it over and over and over again. But the numbers that you're saying are very consistent with the numbers that we see. It yeah. can be a, that million dollar level for an employee that may cost you two or 300,000. Yeah. And I wonder how many folks who have you know been in the seat, like, hey, I want to be impactful. I want to be a major contributor. Man, can you imagine if if I come into you as an interviewee, Mike, and say, hey, Mike, um, listen, I'm I'm pretty assured I can bring you a value of $1.5 million to our top line annually. And you're like, how much do I have to pay you? <laughs> like, like, hey, $250,000. And you're like, yep, worth it, right? Because you know you've amazing? done the numbers. Yeah. And what's amazing too is like all these like people problems and stuff you have within your business, there's still people problems, but a lot of it starts going away and you get to work and you're having so much fun because the people around you are pushing you to be better rather than the leader pushing everyone else to, to step it up. Yeah. And I never thought about how lucky I was in pro sports to have that, mm. right? We're, we're yeah. all working to be champions. Everybody wants the ring, right? And so you're like, Hey man, what what can we do to bring the twins to the top team in the world? And and you're all gunning for this because you know the the, the nice thing about building unity is that we do all want the same thing, right? Yeah. And so if we really get that message, and I love your message, right? You bring these all stars in and say, hey, we're impactful game changers. We're gonna change the world by creating this holistic view of how we do real estate, and we're gonna bring all these lessons from these other industries. And if you've got experience in those to bring in what you've done in change, in engineering, in farming, in mechanical, in production, in publication, like let's talk about that because we're whiteboarding it all to figure out how streamlined can we be to con- for, for continuous improvement. Is that fair? Oh, it's totally fair. That's what we, we experience. We're pushing for that kind of level. And it's amazing the result that happens after pushing that into that space. Yeah. Well, and I think the result, the results happen for a lot of organizations, in my experience, if the full body is moving towards oh, yeah. a, a, a center, you know, a center and a, and, and a North Star. And I'm always shocked by how many organizations I go in and say, hey, what's the North Star? What is the goal of everyone in this organization? Does does every person in this organization know how they contribute to making lower cost, affordable level house quality housing for the world? Oh, that's so good. That's so true. For our organization too, like we know what our we have a very clear, like 10 word purpose. A very clear yeah. mission, a very clear set of values, just five values. But even our strategies, we have just three strategies. There's only three things that we're focusing on as a business, but narrowing those down, spelling them out, and then we have orientation, we have follow-up orientation, we have exercises, things that get everyone aligned to that core mission. When you have that and everyone's rowing the same direction, it is amazing. It is so much fun. Yeah. And I think there's another side of this too. I really feel like organizations have to be focused on our end result, the end user, because I want for Norhart, I want the person who comes in to clean your offices to understand her contribution to providing for a single mother of a few children who is very strict on a budget, who wants a quality, safe neighborhood, who can now do that because her company that she takes care of and provides for all these people to have a good workspace every day to come in, she provides that. 
Like mm-hmm. she is contributing to that every single day. And I want her to go home and be proud of that work. Oh, so true. That's that's exactly how we live things out. And that's so right. I love it. Yeah. And so let's tell you, know, one thing I love about you, man, most people, here's one thing most people don't know about Mike Katie, right? Your free time is about physics, man. You're like a <laughs> physics junkie. Like you're hanging out, like picking out the old lectures of the top professors in the country on physics and listening to them go deep about this world. What what actually involves in this whole universe? And do you think that's because you know you've got this vision of how it all ties together, how it all comes together? Because it's more than just me. It's more than just us. There's a lot of factors that are coming in. What what do you think that that curiosity stems from? Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need Rebellious Infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off your next purchase, use the code 99999. If you are a business or organization leader and want expert advice, coaching, and guidance to help you build your team to be the best, then email Trent directly at Trent at leadershipity.com or connect with him at Trent M. Clark on LinkedIn.